have you ever found yourself stuck in a toxic relationship that you might see as narcissistic? Maybe that's one of the first things you're starting to realize watching some of these videos. You're like, hey, like person I'm with might be a narcissist. So I want to talk to you about four essential things that you need to know. Now you need to know when we're talking about narcissistic abuse and talking about healing. Because when you're inside these relationships, it can be emotionally draining, physically draining, and a huge confusing and bewildering experience for you. So I want to be able to step into this for you to understand and be able to move through it in a healthy and a connect, connected way to you versus all the abuse that's happened. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness of narcissistic abuse. I'm the founder of Raw Motivations, the creator of the 7-Day Challenge that you can get at escapetoxicity.com. If you haven't already, hit subscribe, like, rate, or review because we're trying to share this with as many people to help them understand narcissism and to be free from the toxicity that's currently controlling them. The first thing you need to know is you need to understand narcissistic personality and narcissistic abuse. Now, with this, we're not saying you have to go get a degree and you don't have to read a ton of books, but you do have to understand what are the traits, what are the things that are actually showing up in a day-to-day -day basis inside of this toxic person, this toxic relationship. It's just unmasking the lies that you've been believing for a period of time because of what he's been projecting and putting on you. The majority of the time, the narcissist is filled with lies and oftentimes giving this charm, this charisma, making it seem and sound like it's the best thing ever. When in reality, it's slowly sliding into your life to make you dependent, isolate you from other people, and make sure that he's got control over you and the narrative of what's happening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A lot of times narcissists can be incredibly captivating, like pulling you in, sucking you into the relationship, and it just feels like the most amazing thing because of the love bombing, because of the attention, all the different things that are controlling your perception of him. Sometimes it makes it super challenging and hard to identify, okay, what's the true nature? What's actually going on underneath the surface? Does he actually love me? Does he actually care about me? What does it actually look like? So you might need to be just identifying different aspects of the narcissist in your life of, hey, he's self-centered. Like he's focused on himself more than he has anything else. Every conversation that we have comes back to him. Like it doesn't really move off of anyone else, never gets to focus on me. I never get to talk about my feelings. My opinion is very self-centered. There's also this piece of like manipulation of where he's controlling you and controlling, not necessarily like controlling, like with his hands, forcing him to do stuff, even though that's the case for a lot of these relationships, but maybe it's more like passive aggressive. Like you're like, I don't want to go out anymore because of how he makes me feel when I come home after I've been with friends or family. Maybe it's different aspects of like guilt tripping you of thinking like, well, I thought you cared about me. Why would you go out with those friends and family? Like there's different nuances and aspects to it that leads still back to manipulation. Then there's also the lack of empathy where he doesn't care, where it seems like you could be crying and he could be standing across the room and just being like, he's just kind of like thinking like, how do I get out of this? Like, do I, do I get upset? Do, do I comfort? No, can't comfort because that would mean I'd be approving of her and how she's feeling. It's like, what do I actually do? And sometimes he'll rage out, sometimes he'll leave, sometimes he'll discount you, all these kind of things because he's not willing to identify with your feelings and needs. 
And so like he might be at the place where he's showering you with attention, giving you affection initially, but then it pulls back and starts to become more controlling and dismissive of your needs. So just understanding some of that. That is like a brief overview. I think next week we're going to be doing more of an in-depth more of an in-depth analysis of the nine diagnostic traits when it comes to narcissistic personality disorder. So stick around for that. But just understand like that's kind of an overview of some of the things you need to know and you need to look out for. The other piece is starting to understand the cycle. Now, inside narcissistic abuse, you typically have a cycle, a cyclical events that happen that continue to bring you back and forth through the same shit over and over and over. And so this typically is idealization and then devaluation, okay? Makes you feel great, then makes you feel bad, okay? The idea is these highs and lows. Sometimes we'll call it like intermittent reinforcement. All right, let's finish with all the big words. So like just the idea of like, hey, it's going really great. Life seems amazing. He loves me. He cares about me. We're connected to, oh, he hates me. We're breaking up. Like he doesn't want anything to do with me. Like this back and forth will happen inside of the toxic relationship more than what you realize. And you just look back and you start to realize I've been on this giant roller coaster, like up and down where I don't know where I fit in. I don't know how I actually feel. And this roller coaster of emotions leaves you confused, bewildered, and wondering what is actually real. Maybe you're wondering even today, you like, does he actually love me or does he not? Like, like, does he hate me? Because sometimes it comes across like he hates me. And then he tells me that he loves me. Like he says he cares about me, but he's been giving me the silent treatment for a week. So like, which actually is it? And part of this is this cycle. Is you not seeing and not understanding the cycle that's happening. If you start to pay close attention, you'll start to see the cycle. You'll start to see it either match up to a time frame. Like every six months, this will happen. Every month, this will happen. Or you'll start to see it's all geared around him asking for something or getting something he wants. There's always these different pieces that you'll start to notice. Okay, when this happens, the cycle starts. This happens, the cycle ends and starts back over. In the beginning, a narcissist will build you up. Oftentimes, we talk about like putting you on a pedestal, make you feel like you're the center of the universe. All this is is building you up so he can tear you back down putting you up to make you feel like you're the number one person in his life and then devaluating you by taking that out from underneath you. You fall down and then you're constantly trying to figure out how do I get back up onto that pedestal? How do I get back to where he actually loved me, where he actually made me feel a good way? And as a result, the narcissist is like, see, you still love me. You still want me. And it's this like flip that happens in the narcissist's mind of like, oh, she's still trying to be with me. She's still trying to connect with me. And it's because he set up that false dynamic to start off with. Now, when we're moving to the devaluation, like moving into criticizing you, demeaning you, putting you down, this is where the emotional abuse comes in. And so once you can recognize this pattern, you can start to distinguish between genuine love from a healthy person and manipulation and control from a toxic one. And it starts to protect you from the emotional abuse, it starts to build up your emotional well-being, it starts to build back your confidence. So it's important to be able to see this. The third thing that I want to point out is setting boundaries and establishing self-care. These are very important and sometimes the two hardest things for people to do after the relationship or even as they're moving towards leaving is actually setting boundaries. A lot of people say, I can't set boundaries because he doesn't listen. And it's not necessarily that you can't set boundaries, it's just you haven't been trained or have the tools to actually enforce those boundaries. So you say, hey, don't do this, and he does it, then you don't have anything to do after that. You don't have a, a consequence or, or, a, or an action that's going to be like, okay, because you did that, 
this is where I'm moving. This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm acting differently. Like there's not something you've set up and that you actually follow through. And so the majority of times a narcissist like wants to be able to test your boundaries. And when he sees that you don't actually care enough about your boundaries to uphold them, that's his mindset, okay? That's his mindset. Then he'll continue to push them and break them down over and over and over. Setting these boundaries is not for the toxic person. It's not for anyone else. It is just for you. For you to be able to protect your emotional sanctuary, your emotional well-being of like, this is who you are, this is what's going on. But surviving this requires setting really firm boundaries, prioritizing your self-care, starting to work on you. He's going to push your limits. He's going to test you as much as he can to be able to control, manipulate you, the narrative that's going out there. So when you start establishing these healthy boundaries, like it's essential for your mental, for your emotional health, it's essential to have this buffer in between you and in between him. And oftentimes he's going to continue to come back at you, oftentimes belittling you, putting you down, communicating really assertively that your behavior is unacceptable, that you're controlling him. So that's why it's important for you to understand this boundary is not him, you limiting him. This boundary is telling you what you will or you will not tolerate in the relationship. So think of it this way. It's like, hey, it's fine if you want to keep yelling, but it's not going to have me in the room because I'm going to remove myself from the room where you're being so aggressive to me. Okay. See, you're not telling him, hey, don't yell at me anymore. You see the difference? You're not saying, hey, don't do this. You're not allowed to do this. Like You can do it. You're a grown ass adult. But I'm also an adult and decided that I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who's constantly yelling at me like that. See where it's different? So it's important for you to be able to understand that. So you need to be able to communicate how the behavior is unacceptable, but then also what the consequences are going to be for you deciding these are my boundaries. Okay. Then you need to seek support. You need to get involved in a community that's going to help you actually move forward. That's why we started basing all of our programs, all of our challenges, all of our communities, having community, having people around that actually help other people move forward. It's a journey and it's crucial to be able to seek support, to be able to help you grow, heal and develop who you actually are. Because oftentimes when you reach out to friends or family that you have in your life right now, they don't get it. They don't understand it enough. So as a result, like they're just like, hey, just leave, just move on, just just move past it. And it's not enough to actually help you heal to the degree that you need to heal. And so a lot of times you need to get involved in a community. This is why I invite you into the Escape Toxicity Challenge. We have the Clarity Challenge. We have the Thriver Community. We have the Thriver Launch. We have all these different programs that are built with people in them actually helping, mentoring, connecting, helping you move forward in a healthy way because you need that support. If you don't have that, a lot of times you will cave. You will go back to toxicity over and over and over again. If I can help you survive narcissism and actually move forward, just showing up with your strength, with your resilience, please reach out for help. You can go to rawmotivations.com for more of an accelerated environment and what we can do helping you move forward. Or you can start your journey just going to escapetoxicity.com. It's a seven-day challenge for $7 to have you start understanding narcissistic abuse, reactive abuse, the guilt and the shame you feel for being in this relationship, and ultimately understand the formula of how we help people get free on a day-to-day -day basis.